Welcome to Own Goal Podcast, data recording April 27th, 2022. Unless you are casually awake at one or two in the morning, you probably won't be listening to this till April 28th, 2022. But uh, wow, we have had an incredible last four weeks or so of soccer action and a lot of big news to get to. But first, to the byline. It's in, it's an own goal! It's a gift! He's almost done well to get that in because he's ahead of the near post. He's almost behind him. Sticks his left leg out. It almost hits his heel. And goes straight into the bottom of the corner. Bottom corner of the net. Gets ahead of the ball. It's the inside of his car. Before we get started, um, I just wanted to say kind of one of those stories that's soccer adjacent, but definitely, you know, has a broader impact than I think just soccer. Um, about a week and a half, two weeks ago, Cristiano Ronaldo and his longtime partner, Georgina, had their um, twins that they were expecting. While the, um, while the girl was, you know, healthy and everything, unfortunately, um, you know, they, the details are a little shrouded of course and everyone should respect their privacy but the um the boy twin um did not make it after birth and that is a that's a, that's a really tough story to hear about anyone um and kind of juxtap the juxtaposition of the emotion of being so happy that your daughter is healthy but having lost your baby boy um and you know i think that this is an issue that obviously happens every single day and it's sad every single day. It's just not often that someone, and I good, a good friend of ours described it as someone like Cristiano Ronaldo who almost feels invincible to kind of go through that, and that really puts it on a big scale. So our thoughts and prayers. Condolences, yeah. But um, so that's kind of the not-so-fun news to talk about. And now we have to address the big elephant in the room in that Eric, you are no longer the only Eric in my life. And arguably, you have gone from the most important Eric in my life to the, <laughs> to least, the least important, important. Eric. Um, as Manchester United have announced that they have signed Eric Ten Hag from um, Ajax to be their real, manager. Real quick question, Donald. If I went bald, just like sent you photos tomorrow of my ugly-ass bald head... Does that? Does that? Do you that think get, you would have a bad bald head? I think I've got some like. I think my head is a little misshapen and bumpy, <laughs> but not like where there's like power bumps, like 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 Ten Hog and other bald guys have. I just think it would look like like something didn't form correctly up up there. But if I if I went bald, does that give me a fighting chance to climb back up the uh, balds and Donnie's life ranking? Well. You, if you were bald, you would definitely not be in last. You would not be in last. On that the was not my question. This is not my question. But it's not. A, but really, you're just last in the Eric ranking. The baldness is is secondary. But if I if I if I went bald, if I went bald for you. <laughs> does that give me a chance to improve my rankings of Eric's in your life? Absolutely yes. Okay, but not enough to overcome Ten Hog. You know, it's the, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's just hard for me to say without being in the situation. <laughs> Okay, good. Noted. Uh, do you have an updated uh, bald power rankings, by the uh, way? I do. Um, holding on to the top, 
top spot strongly, and we'll talk more into that. Is um, your guy? We don't have to talk. We don't have to talk more about that. Oh, we'll, we'll be talking more about that. Um, Zidane is in second place in the Bald Manager Power Rankings. Sean Dyke, who got fired from Burnley, actually moved up from fourth to third because he no longer because he doesn't Burnley. have to manage Burnley anymore. <laughs> can I can I offer a counter to that? Yes. Burnley's had some really great results since they uh, relieved Sean Dyke of his duties. Is that by any chance an indictment of his of, of of the formula in your bald power rankings here? It's not, and for two reasons. One, I think anytime you get a new coach midseason, you get a bump. Remember when Manny got Ralph and he was undefeated for ten games? Lo fucking hell! Is it really ten games undefeated? Yeah. Because doesn't he have the worst win percentage of any Man United manager post Alex Ferguson? Like, the gap between sure, him and David Moyes is 10 points. It's like 8 points, right? Yeah. 8 6 points. Yeah. yeah. I can't believe um, he started out 10 games undefeated. It, so, really, Sean Dyke moving up, you know, the, the Burnley thing was a joke, has less to do with what he did and more to do with the fact that Eric Ten Hag accepted the Manu job, which then obviously knocked him down. Because he's basically, like, willingly, like, allowed, like, someone to shit on his face and all over his bald head. So, Eric Ten Hag is in fourth, as I just alluded to. Bob Bradley is still in fifth. Pep Guardiola is in sixth because his defense is terrible. Because he let in three goals yesterday. Yeah. And also, he could only score one against Atletico Madrid in 180 minutes. So, really, that's just really big knocks on Pep there. And then, um, like, way down on the list, like, people whose names I've never even heard of, we get through them, and then we get to Greg Verhalter, who is dead, dead, dead last on the list. So that is the updated bald manager power rankings. Greg, Greg dead last, right? Dead last. Okay. Um, I mean, I... Six is pretty good for Pep. For you, for Pep, for sure. <laughs> for anyone for Pep. <laughs> Um, I mean, for for a guy who's, who's who's been referred, you know, Jose's been referred to as the special one. Pep has always been referred to as the bald front. <laughs> so you know, he's 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 trying to fight back that name. Um, and then what else? What else? What else? Oh, uh, Eric Ten Hag. So I wanted Zidane, but I knew that that was unattainable and unrealistic. We we, we all know what Zidane. Zidane is. Done from the game until the France national team job opens up. And honestly, yeah. if I, if I was Zidane, that's exactly what I what I'd be waiting for too. Yeah, he's done. So then, when it basically came out, it was a two horse race between Eric with a K and um, Poach. Not bald. Not bald. And I guess a lot of the menu players like Poach or like the idea of Poach, and there's always the whole like Premier League proven I, thing. I also think Poach had a a reputation of of being like a bit more warm and welcoming with his players, right? He was, I, I think, I think there was a more friendly, familial vibe at Tottenham with 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 the way that Poch kind of developed, you know, a lot of those younger guys uh, into the. the prominent players they are or the now disappointing players they are yeah 
And that is, and that is, so there's multiple reasons why I did not, I wanted um, Ten Hag and not poach. You just mentioned one of them. Mm-hmm. Warm and friendly vibe. These guys do not need warm and friendly. They don't deserve warm and friendly, frankly. They, in terms of on the field performances, very few of the players are worthy to wear that jersey, in my opinion. Very are few. you ready? Are you are you ready to name them? The ones who are worthy? Yes. I don't think we have enough time to name the ones that aren't. Yeah. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, Man U would be, by the way, for the people who are like, Ronaldo's bad for Man U, bad for Man U, take away his goal contributions and we're 10 points above regulation. <laughs> That's just a fact. Cristiano Ronaldo, one. Bruno Fernandez, still two. He's having a down year, and in a down year, he's created more chances than any other player. Not his fault that every other guy but Ronaldo sucks. De Gea, three. When healthy, Varane, four. When healthy, Luke Shaw, five. And those are guys worthy of the Man U jersey in terms of their on-field performances this season. This started as a bit for me, but I honestly believe, looking at their on-field performances this season, you've got five that I also would have included. But you're missing one person. Who I, who I I know I know what you wanted this whole time. You think this was not sly? I knew I, I knew that we were always gonna get here, and here we are. I honestly, Donnie, didn't know we were gonna. I didn't know I was gonna ask you. I had no idea that I was gonna ask you this until you mentioned that you know most players aren't worthy to wear the jersey. But for those of us that that are not following along at home, the person Donnie willfully omitted incorrectly is Fred who I believe has been the most consistent outfield player for Man United this season and has actually had a pretty strong performance-wise season this year. Well, I guess Eric is alluding to the fact that he's been in decent goal-scoring form by Fred Sanders, which is just scoring five goals instead of none. But, That's a lot of goals for this United team. Don't but me. good to know, Eric, that all you count about is all you think about is goals and what make a player. So I think, I, think, I think goals are what make a player like Fred. Guys, this has already been my favorite episode we've ever recorded. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yes, that's who I wanted. I thought Poach was going to – I don't want someone who is going to be holding these guys' hands. These are grown men. Yeah. I, I wanted a coach who's going to come in, clean house, and start building something. And I think and- if that's what I'm looking for and that's what I'm looking for, there's promise here. Another reason I don't want Poach – it's because I've already seen what he, like, Premier League proven. Well, I saw what he did in the Premier League. Nothing! <laughs> yeah. It, I, I want a guy who I think has a chance at actually building something. The way Klopp, and I hate, I hate, 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 hate to say this, but the way Klopp did at Liverpool. Now, <laughs> here's the key. You got to tell Ten Hag for the first three years, nothing matters. The first three years are your past. As long as we see you improving... As long as you're not getting relegated. Yeah, as I say, you can't pull an Everton. You can't, like, like something matters. But I, right, right. As long as we're seeing improvement, whether it's on the field, whether it's in the players you're bringing in, as long as we see improvement, then the first three years really don't matter. But that fourth year, we expect, that fourth year, we expect to be legitimately challenging for every single trophy, making deep cup runs, winning things. You give them time to, build his mm-hmm. identity of his team, his culture, because that's the problem. 
there was a culture that Sir Alex maintained that no other manager has been able to do again since. And it's hard. It's hard to to, to step into Sir Alex's shoes and and maintain that culture, which that's not what you're necessarily asking here. It's not. It's not creating the old Sir Alex culture, but it's it's establishing your own culture, and you kind of have to be able to be a bit of a hard ass to do that. And I think I think Ten Hag has a reputation of like if he's not getting what he demands from his players, he's going to make it known to his players. You know, he might not, he might do it publicly. He might do it privately. He's not going to do it publicly for the spectacle like Jose Mourinho would have done. Uh, so like, there's a fine line, right? Right. Well, it, it, I totally agree with you. On the one end, you have Josie, who's just a dick to people. <laughs> yeah. And then on the other hand, you had like a guy like Ole, who's just, just slobbing everyone's sweetheart. knob. Just sweetheart. Yeah. There's a middle ground here. Like, you don't have to be 100% dick or 100% buddy-buddy. Yeah. There's a middle ground. And believe it or not, the better managers in the game, in my opinion, right now, Pioli, Don Carlo Ancelotti, uh, Klopp. Can you stop talking about Pioli? People are going to try to, like, pry him from us. Um, I guess Pep, if you're into that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys... While they're they're not total dicks, like to their players, but they're not they're also like not always buddy buddy holding their hands. They they will knock them down a rung when the situation calls for it. What 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 part of what makes them successful is they understand when the situation calls for it. Yeah, my biggest worry is that when it seems like not a lot has changed next season, mm-hmm. then people are just going to want them fired, which to me would be such a big mistake. Like give them time, like. Klopp, Liverpool gave Klopp time. Now you're seeing it pay off for Arsenal. We'll talk about this a little bit later in the show about giving time for Arteta. Like, give him time. But what I'm more excited about is the fact that Manu got rid of their two biggest, their, their two chief scouts. And in the post Sir Alex Ferguson era, I can think of two actually good signings. Like Bruno Fernandes. One. And? Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw, okay. I didn't know if you were going to say Cristiano who, Ronaldo. Who else? Have... That, that doesn't require scouting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> but, I mean, who else? Not fucking Harry Maguire? Kind of that, honestly. What's the worst? What, what, which transfer is worse? Alexis Sanchez or Harry Maguire? Alexis Sanchez. Was worse? Yeah. I don't know, man. At least when you got Alexis, you prevented Pep from getting Alexis, which I actually think he would thrive in that system. Dude, I would thrive in that system. Jack Relish is thriving in that system. Jack Relish is thriving on the bench. <laughs> also, he's dead. Um, but what I, what I, <laughs> what I, what I, what I like to to think about it that that sense, like. I honestly still believe the only reason Jose wanted Alexis was was so that Pep couldn't have him. Like that was a spite purchase. I I, I, I will never believe otherwise. Um, you guys would have been you guys would have benefited so much if like Pep or Klopp could uh, could have bought Harry Maguire. <laughs> so yeah, in my, you know in my mind, everyone, in my mind, no one else was gonna suffering. make no one else was gonna make the worst player in the fucking Premier League the highest bought defender of all time. So, these are some initial thoughts. Um, perhaps 
in a couple episodes from now, I'll go into more of like the guys I would like to see signed and maybe guys. in like a, po- a post a post uh, season like post season pre transfer frenzy. Yeah, pod. we'll we'll talk we'll talk about what we'd like for our clubs and maybe what we'd like for a couple other clubs that we follow. Yeah. So, but we're not going to really talk about Bayern Munich, Preston. So you can fuck off right now. <laughs> um, segments. We haven't done segments in forever. Yes. Uh, we will start with fullback of the week. Mine is Anthony Jedi Robinson, who this week was named as the championships left back of the season. He was in um, the team of the season as the left back. And then that same day, I saw this kind of advanced metric talking about kind of three key areas where a fullback is good, what it um, needs to be one-on-one defending. Um, Moving the, pr- move the ball forward. Move the ball forward and something. There was a third one. Is it like crossing into the box or something? I, right. I, don't, I don't know what it was, but... And, you know, it was showing examples of players who were good at each of those, but then there was one name in the center. This is, this is based on statistics. This is based on those next-gen stats that are all, all the cool kids are talking about. God bless next-gen stats when they, when they support our points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, when they don't... Oh, well, you know, stats don't tell you the whole story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, stats can be misleading. <laughs> At the very center of it was Anthony Jedi Robinson, which also now um, Own Goal Podcast has declared him the um, not just the you know in the team of the year, but the championship fullback of the year as well, based on that graphic. So um, Anthony Robinson is my fullback of the week. So uh, listen up, team. I had an initial thought for fullback of the week, but I, I it doesn't count um, because I was thinking about his game before the, I was thinking about when Granit Xhaka played fullback for Arsenal, which did not work, but I had in mind that banger he had against United. Uh, but he didn't, he, he <laughs> so I, I, I made a mistake there and I can't count Granit Xhaka as, as my fullback of the week. As a result, my fullback of the week, and I'm just, I'm just looking at Donnie's reaction here is, Trent Alexander-Arnold. I think... You know what? Fuck you. Not because if he plays for Liverpool. I don't even think he's... Recently, I don't even think he's the best fullback on his team the last few weeks. So, you know what? For if, that reason, I object. If, if, if we had potted earlier, like before tonight, I would have agreed with you that Robbo had has been in better form but I thought against Villarreal in the Champions League semifinal which we'll talk about in a little bit I thought Trent Alexander-Arnold was was really impressive in just maintaining that pressure that onslaught of offensive pressure whipping balls in uh, finding Robertson and, and Mane and others on the far side with those dangerous balls that he puts in and I just thought he had a very very strong uh, offensive display today in one of the biggest games of the year, you know, Champions League semifinal. I'm just, I'm, I'm very unhappy about the situation. Do you want to, do you want to introduce the the new segment we talked about, Donnie? The, the Gooby of the week. Gooby of the week. I think, I think we've got two good candidates, and you can, you can go first. Yeah. Uh, this okay. one's the goobiest of them all. So, um, <laughs> the Gooby of the week is a new segment that Eric and I talked about. And basically, the it's points, what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, it's just what was the most fucked play that was just so bad. It's 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 what is the what is like the biggest moment or like it doesn't have to be a full it doesn't be an individual play it could be a full performance. I think it's often going to be a, a singular play. Sure. Uh, like like if we did this, what was it eight years ago to the day? The Gooby of the day would be the Stevie G slip that cost Liverpool uh, the title. Right. It's the play you watch where you just go Gooby, please. <laughs> uh, and thankfully to that, uh, <laughs> thanks to that slip, uh, Steven Gerrard, you know, one of Liverpool's greatest ever players, has the exact same top number of Premier League titles as this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> God for wow. And honestly, I think Demba Ba's intimidation factor doesn't get enough credit in the slip. <laughs> if Demba Ba was around me, I would also like kind of be on edge. Um, yeah, so it, it could be. A, a, it could be you know, a player's performance during a game. It could be a moment. It's it's a very broad category, but it's just something that's so you, fucking. You, it's bad. like pornography. It's hard to, to 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 define it, but you know it when you see it. <laughs> very, very nice, very nice. So, uh, okay. Inter Milan are locked in a title race with their their city rivals AC Milan, and they have a. What should have been a very winnable game, they were a heavy favorite, against Bologna. And it's 1-1. And it's the 80th minute. And Ivan Perisic throws it into the Inter Milan goalie, Radu, who then, I think, is caught in two minds of letting it run across his body or take a touch. And kind of does a little bit of neither. Kind of steps over, like he kind of like steps over it a little bit. Yeah. But to a point where his momentum is now going in the opposite direction of the ball, and, and the I'm, ball is is rolling towards his goal. And uh, Nicola Sansone, Sansoni of Bologna Sansoni. just has to like breathe on the ball to go in. I mean, it was so bad, and just it, was, it cost him the game. Can I give you? Uh, we'll go into the the I think implications of that in, in a few segments. Sure. But can I just give you a little back a little background on Sansoni? Yes. Apparently, in 2013, he I think scored or assisted against Inter, and in an interview, he said, "My whole family are are basically Inter fans, but I always grew up a, a Milan fan. So uh, it, you know, I, I I always love it when I can help Milan out." So he said that in 2013. And uh, and then after scoring the game winner here, he some some reporter I think asked him about his like you know his ties and his fanhood of Milan. He said, uh, "I hope they put a column for calling to me, you know, to to at least loan me out for like one Champions League game next season." <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> laugh, laughing as he said it, it was just a re- I thought it was a really funny little little barb there. That's awesome. Okay, my my Gooby of the week. If you watched yesterday's champ- Tuesdays, because I know you may be listening to this any day, Tuesday's Champions League semifinal of Man City against Real Madrid. Um, Man-, Man City, I think at this point, had a three-one lead, uh, looking pretty comfortable. You know, Real were, were mounting a few individual counterattacks, but City were playing their total football style. Uh, and then Vinicius Junior. Honestly, scored my favorite goal of the, of the entire Champions League season with his his he kind of dummies the ball through his own legs through Fernandinho's legs, t- spins around him, 
collects the ball and just outpaces everybody to the goal, slots it past Ederson to, to make it 3-2 in what was just a sexy display of raw speed while also getting a, a through-your-own-leg nutmeg of your defender. That dummy Meg was <laughs> so nasty. So the Gooby, the Gooby, by the way, is going to Fernandinho, who got dummy nutmegged. Really? Okay, I actually think the Gooby should go to is... Pep because <laughs> Pep decided put in Fernand because they're having a somehow Man City, the team that owns more <laughs> defenders than any other team in the history of the sport, has spent a billion dollars on them. Has no healthy right backs available for this game, and so they start out with John Stones, who's barely fit. That was bad, and then they bring on Fernandinho, which we all said was going to be bad. Match up against Vinicius Junior, one of the most in-form electric wingers in the game right now. He's a he's a speed merchant too. Like Vinicius has a lot of things going for him, but one of those things is speed. Yeah. Um, Boy, yeah, it, it really awesome. made me realize how fast Kyle Walker is. <laughs> so that's a callback to the Euros last summer when Eric said, I don't know, man. Like, Kyle Walker's getting old. He's like, he's, he's slowing down. He's not as fast as he once was. Not only was at the time Kyle Walker just turned 30, but 31. 31. 31. But Kyle Walker had been clocked the previous season as still the fastest player yeah. in the I honestly thought he was like at 34. Um, so See, that's this is me. kind of reminiscent of we were to cross sports here a little bit, crossing the sauce. I was asking you when I was um, in Austin visiting you this weekend. Good to see you, by the way, buddy. Oh, it was, oh, it was a blast. Um, about o- Ovechkin breaking Wayne Gretz's goal scoring record, and you're like, no, like he's gonna just drop. Like you know, I look, but I actually, but Ovechkin actually is as old as I think he is. Right, right, but but what I'm saying is like you know, oh, he's getting older. But like, I and I get that, right? But the dude just put up a fifty burger in the NHL. No, I, I don't think he's gonna go from that to like twenty. No, I think Ovechkin's gonna gonna start missing more games in seasons than he has before. He's been he's been ridiculously durable for such a long Actually, time. Actually, and to give you a stat on point, since he's been drafted, he's appeared in ninety seven percent of all, and that is absurd for how and, and, and that's for. And with as old as he's getting, I don't think that is sustainable. So that yes. so I, I do get why you're trying to, to bring this call back to. And like I get it because I've been a dick to you this whole episode, so bring it on. I just think I like how in your mind, like when someone in my, the way I think you think, this is the way I think you think. I'm not saying this is how you think, this is how I think you think. That someone turns like a certain age and then like the, despite what they did the 24 hours prior, like, yeah, like yeah. as soon as you're 30, like you're already on the downhill, like nothing matters. Like it doesn't matter that yesterday you were 29. That's how age works, Donnie. The number, the number changes. <laughs> um, okay. Hawkeye of the week. I'll, I'll lead us off on this one. Sounds good. This is my homer pick. <laughs> Dude, mine is the biggest homer pick of all time. That's fair. Uh, Eric Tenock. <laughs> that would be bald guy of the week. <laughs> my bad, my bad. So I don't know how many people are are, are uh, tuning in to Paramount Plus's coverage of Serie A. Probably not that many. Fifty percent uh, of the people who are hosting this podcast. <laughs> yeah. and, well, uh, Milan had a a game at Lazio this last Sunday. Uh, 
pretty pretty important, pretty big game. Went down early, clawed themselves back in the second half, but went into stoppage time 1-1, made all of our subs. We don't have offensive depth, so it was basically looking like we were dropping points again and, and really gifting uh, you know, uh, a little bit of a, of a cushion to enter. And then in the 92nd minute out of, I think, 93 minutes of stoppage, three minutes of stoppage time. There uh, six minutes of stoppage time. Oh, six minutes. Oh, shit. Well, but I think, I think there were the, three original. There were supposed to be three. And then and it's then, Serie A, so like they're always going to add in more time because Italians well, are going to Italian. Well, there was like a three-minute long uh, like celebration, so and I'll get to that as to why. Uh, but but Ante Rebic does this incredible pressure work. Uh, and actually, Donnie, this goes back to what, you, what was something that you were saying. Uh, has the Lazio defender cornered kind of like in, in – Lazio's defensive third and the defender refuses to kick the ball out of bounds, right? Is it refuses to, to give up possession. So Rebic does that kind of thing where like he wraps his foot around, pokes the ball through the guy's legs, and then the ball is now with Rebic and the, the Lazio player is on the is out of the play. Whips in a, a cross, uh Ibra heads it down to childhood Milan fan, was on loan with Milan last season, Sandra Tonali. Uh, in order to help Milan out when they signed him permanently, he reduced his wages because he wanted to earn his spot at the club and earn his fee, uh, which he's going to get a raise during his performance this season. But Sandra Tonali basically juggles it on his like thigh leg and then pokes it past uh, Lazio keeper for the 2-1 stoppage time winner, rips his shirt off and runs straight to the away fan section when the whole team joins him, which is why three minutes of stoppage time turned to six minutes. But it's, it's really cool to see a, a, a childhood Milan fan, people who, who claim is say he's the next Pirlo because he's got like the hairstyle, but he actually plays a lot more like Gattuso. And he called Gattuso when he signed for Milan, asking permission to wear the number eight. Uh, so just, uh, I really like this kid a lot. Uh, he's got a, a bright future and he kind of has like a, um, an Adam driver, Kylo Ren look to him a, a little bit, but when he's kind of like, you know, he makes it work for him. Yeah. I think that's a great pick. Um, and I'll even add to that, you know, he's going to turn 22 in like a couple of weeks. So he's so young and he's just got a really, like you said, bright future out of middle Milan. And, um, that was obviously a very awesome moment. So, and we'll kind of get into all of that. You know, it's all just a tease of what we're really building up towards. Um, no, we don't, we don't need to talk about that. We've talked about Milan enough. I think we're done. Uh, my hot guy of the week is um, Anthony Jedi Robinson, who recently <laughs> was uh, in the championship team of the year and also uh, basically like the fullback of the year. So, I see what you mean by like the biggest homer pick. Yeah. Um, okay, that is enough for segments. Let us talk about the quarterfinal second legs in the Champions League and do our Champions League deep dive. And then, obviously, um, talk about the, the semifinals we watched yesterday and today. Yeah, I'll kick us off. No pun intended. I, I, really, I really was wrong about my uh, hot take on the Liverpool-Benfica t- uh, tie. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I, I was throwing darts, see if something would stick, and, and, and surprise, surprise, it did not. I mean, listen, I'll say this. Benfica got a tie at Anfield. 
Yeah. That's not an easy thing to do. And Benfica lost 6-4 to aggregate to, like, one of the top four teams in the world. I thought Benfica played really, really well. Um, the problem with Benfica, and I think this is why they're enjoyable to watch, is they didn't try to Atletico Madrid it or Villarreal it. They tried to, they, you know, they tried to go toe-to-toe. And, you know, they came a couple of go short, but I was pretty impressed with their effort at going toe-to-toe with offensively with Liverpool. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, if they, you're a Benfica they, fan, you should have your head. head they availed the themselves with a plum, right? I mean, they they put in a hell of a shift, uh, got a decent result in that second leg for sure. Um, and I, I was just, I, I wanted to own up out of the gate to to me being wrong on my my upset pick there. Uh, but that being said, yeah, I, I think Benfica team and fans had a lot to be excited about. Didn't get to the semis, but had a had a nice fun run in such a prestigious competition and you know they're gonna make a sexy profit on a couple of their players and then just reinvest in their their development system and do it all over again yeah and a sexy competition that they have a long long history strong history with well before it was ever called the champions league when it used to just be called the uh, european cup yeah um you know they had those that teams of eusebio who just like absolutely dominated the 60s um but okay the next leg was <laughs> the it was kind of like the personality kind of blockbuster matchup of Diego Simeone versus Pep Guardiola. It, two, it was two men who are truly opposites in every conceivable way. They are so opposite that that like they are actually that that's their link and connection to each other. It's it's honestly like the Joker and Batman uh, with unstoppable force and an immovable object. At the one hand, you have um, Diego Simeone, whose teams play a throwback style of heavy defensive soccer, hit you on the count, hit you when the counters come, destroy you, bloody you and up, they'll, and they'll play dirty, bruise you, and he's got a great head of hair too. <laughs> on the other hand, you have Manchester City, who believe possession is actually more important than goals. Who will outpossess you? Who will you know tiki taka quick passing to you to death? And their manager is bald as shit. So um, that was really exciting. Overall, you have 180 minutes of soccer, and you get a 1-0 aggregate score. Now I will say this. I kind of see that as a win for Atletico Madrid because I do not think any other team through 108 most teams don't even do it through 30 minutes. No other team through 180 minutes could keep holding it to one goal. Yeah. I yeah, I think there are there are positives to take away. I think Atletico Madrid with the level of club they are are above moral victories, right? Yes, so it's, yes. it's not a win for them, right? But like it is a feather in their cap. Uh, especially a feather in Simeone's cap, who doesn't have to prove anything to anybody. Uh, but like his his style fucking works. It gets results, man. There's, there's a reason they won the league last year. Yeah, the reason why he's won a couple of league titles, he's been in Champions League finals. I mean, heck, if Cristiano Ronaldo was never born, he might have won because Ronaldo's knocked him out like six times. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, he could have gotten one. He's he's a guy that like I hope. Never, as long as he's in cl- like like managing club soccer, I hope he never leaves Atletico. I think that is just, and, and of course he helped build this 
kind of attitude and this environment and this style for Atletico, but now it's so perfectly like intertwined. It's like it's like it, it's, it's like uh, Diego Simeone is the Venom symbiote, and he's found a perfect host. Yeah, in, in Atletico, and I, I and I don't think either of them. At least for like, if they were to part, but, but obviously Atletico will stay around and Diego goes somewhere else. I don't think either of them would would be as successful or even as fun to watch. Like there's, there's a version of this where this team, as long as you're not playing against them, they are actually, it's, it's fun to watch in a different sense, right? And like, you're showing up to an old school fist fight. You're showing up to see the antics to like, to kind of get pissed off by some of what you see, but also to tip your cap to it. But if you're playing against that, it, it's fucking frustrating as hell. Yeah, and you know, you know, people can say what they want about Simeone, but what you can never say is that he does. He makes the game when he's involved. It's that much more entertaining. I mean, oh, yeah. he is the ultimate. He's one of the ultimate entertainers of our game. The, the drama that he has provided to the sport during his career, and he did the same shit as a player too. Yeah, people forget and, who got David Beckham <laughs> sent out sent off in the World Cup. Diego Simeone. <laughs> my, 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 I think he's going to manage Argentina one day. So I kind of went off off tangent a little bit, uh, but like I think if Simeone were to ever like accept you know a, a fat payday to like go to you know some Premier League team that is trying to to break into like the top four, take your pick of who that who that could be. I I don't think it's a given that like this style will be able to be translated away from Atletico Madrid in a way that's still fun to watch, yeah. right? So now I think you have a very interesting point that he could be tapped for Argentina at some point. I don't think it, it can't be while Messi's around. I don't think Messi will allow Argentina to go in that play style direction. But, but those do, days are numbered. I do think that kind of grit is exactly what Argentina has been lacking for the last, what, 12 years? Messi's entire international career. And, it, and it's not on Messi to, no, to no, provide... No, 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 no. I'm right, just saying that's right, the time. But, it's not on but Messi. But that is the window that we are, are considering. And I, I, I think, obviously, you got to be able to find the right players, but I don't think Argentina lacks, like, physical, gritty players. It's just you gotta, you got to build your system around it, and that could be interesting. Yeah, so uh, Man City were able to get through 1-0 on um, aggregate. Bayern Munich, Villarreal. You know, we kind of thought, okay, Bayern went down 1-0 in Spain. They'll come back to Germany. Munich, they're going to shit pump them 3-1, 4-0, 4-1, whatever, and they'll be fine. But Unai Emery... The cup magician that he is. And I saw it firsthand when Man U <laughs> lost in the worst fucking penalty shootout I've ever seen in my fucking life last year. That probably cost Ole his job. If he had one trophy, we'd still have Ole. He's, if, he's one, if, he, if he has one trophy, Ole sees out this season. And we might be in the top four race and if we I, had Ole. I think and he, I'll, yeah. And I'll, and I'll get into that a little bit later. I don't know why I'm talking like this. But anyway. But um, I love it. Villarreal and Unai Emery said, fuck you, Bayern Munich. Fuck you, Lewandowski. Fuck you, Preston Hino. And went on. This time, this time Donnie said it. No, Villarreal said it. 
<laughs> You're just repeating it. I'm just repeating what Villarreal said. Yeah, Preston, don't shoot the messenger. Um, unless the messenger is Eric. <laughs> um, but they won one. I mean, they he knows how to advance and knock out competitions. His he, he would be such a good international manager. Yes. Or or honestly, like he'd be great if in like an American style league where you just the goal of the regular season is to get into the playoffs and then win win knockout competitions. And you know, Bayern Munich thought they could go get Nagelsmith and just keep the machine churning. What did I say, Nagelsmith? Nagelsmith. What did I say? Nagelsmith. Dude, whatever. He sucks. He's going to get fired at the end of the season anyway. Did he get fired? They fi- this is the team that fired one of the best managers in the game, Don Carlo Ancelotti. They're like PSG in the sense that winning the league doesn't mean shit to them. Yes, but on the PSG, they've won the thing that does mean shit. Yeah, then all those managers leave. Yeah. Like Hans yeah. Dieterflick, he had something really good going there, which is why I think Germany will make a run in the World Cup. Stop talking me into Germany. I'm not going to do that again. Are you, you know, you, okay, I'll, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off. Okay, this is not a, this is not a World Cup episode, but um. But that's just a little teaser for all you out there. Yeah, you know what? Maybe they won't fire him because who the f- fuck are they going to get? Unless Tuchel wants out at um. He's Chelsea. stated several several times in the last month that he's committed to next season. Those are just words. Those are just words. Can 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 he even break a contract with Chelsea? Can Chelsea do anything to enforce it? I I, I don't think I, I think technically breaking a contract is part of like contract negotiations and, and, and Chelsea can't engage in those whatsoever. So I don't even know if he can break his contract. Um they're in some sort of weird limbo. Yeah, they are in a weird limbo. Um We need our legal expert, uh Cameron, to uh <laughs> Cameron's corner. Yeah. Um, okay, maybe they won't file Nagelsmann, but he's not been that impressive. And if Bayern, no. if if Dortmund were semi competent, they could have made this a legit title race. And again, we're getting way ahead of ourselves, but it's big ass, yeah. The point is, Bayern are out of the Champions League, and you know that's disappointing for them because that's like I mean they're they're gonna win like the next twelve Bundesligas probably. Yeah. So and all they care about is the Champions League. And that gives us then to Real Madrid, Chelsea. Now, Real Madrid won the first leg at the bridge, 3-1. And you think... It was the- maybe like gifting a goal to uh, Benzema. Yeah. Which is important to call out for, for a reason. Yeah. And um, so then they have to... I mean, Chelsea have it all to do at the Bernabeu. And they do it. They run rampant. They go up 3-0 until Conte gives the ball away to Modric, who then plays the nastiest. I mean, that is one that is one of the best passes of a soccer ball I have ever seen. It is it's not the pass, which is Wesley <laughs> Schneider. To Arjan Robin, who then it should have been the assist, but it's just the pass. It's not that. That's that for me is the greatest pass I've ever seen. If you just watch the control, that's the greatest pass I've ever seen. But this pass was perfect. 
And Rodrigo, this is the pass that that, that 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 makes you think, oh yeah, he did win a Ballon d'Or. <laughs> it's the pass that makes you think, perhaps Modric is part of a separate conversation that involves. And I'm not saying he is at the top of the conversation. What I'm saying is, perhaps he, if you really look at his career and everything this guy has accomplished, and you really break it down. I think he's a. I think he's probably sitting at the table of Pirlo and Xavi, and not sitting at the Skulls, Lampard, Gerard table. That's what I'm saying. I'm not. He's not. He's not sitting at the head of that table. But I'm saying he's way closer to that table than the other one. But watching it pass, it, 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 the light bulb was on that he may have a he may have a key into that room and not into the room before it. Right. Yeah. And Rodrigo. It was just like when someone plays a pass that well and you fuck it up. You have to score. You have to score. And he did. It was, and it's not the easiest finish in the world. No. He put it off. So now we are dead even on aggregate. 3-1, 3-1 each leg. Away goals, I guess, wouldn't have mattered in this situation. But mm-hmm. thank God away goals are gone, by the way. How great has it been, has it been without away goals? It's, it's been so much fun. Although, Donald, you know. City right now, we'll get to that in a minute, but City are, are benefiting from no away goals at the moment. That's okay. That's okay. Um, and of course, we're going to extra time. And who else? Who else for Real Madrid? King fucking Kong. King Kong, baby. We're talking about Kareem Benzema. I said at the beginning of the season, he is having one of the most historic starts to a season of all time, which he did. And now the body of work, and it's like, okay, he'll slow down. And he did slow down slightly, yep. but holy shit. He's, he is 35 years old, and he's putting 34, 35, yeah. First 40 goal season, and he is looking just, it's not even just the goals, man. It's also the, like, the games in which he's scoring these goals are huge fucking games. And I'm, we're going to get to a stat about that in a little bit when we talk about the semifinals. Exactly, though. He, in the... It, it reminds me of Prime, and this is... I think this is a pretty fucking big compliment. He reminds me so much of Ronaldo during the Real Madrid days. In the mm-hmm. biggest moments, on the biggest stages, Ronaldo, whatever you needed, yeah. he gave it. He delivered. And Benzema is emulating that right now. It is magical to watch. And this is a guy I've always... It's nice for me, because I think I've always praised Benzema as like being very underrated. And now, for the first time, he is being appropriately rated, in my opinion. I've always thought this guy is so completely skilled, but it's just like, he, okay, he's playing with Cristiano Ronaldo. That always going to have the attention. The spotlight's been on him now, and he's been phenomenal. So, with the season he's having, with the season Lewandowski's having, and even the season that Kylian Mbappe really had, the season's kind of over, it's going to be absolute bullshit when like Messi or Ronaldo win the Ballon d'Or, right? If if four league goals, Lionel Messi wins the Ballon d'Or, or a geriatric Cristiano Ronaldo, who's by the or way, a, or, or a seventh place United Ronaldo, United Ronaldo, whip. that hurts, but yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. If one of those guys w- wins the Ballon d'Or, that is actually sickening to me. Yeah, it was sickening. It was sickening when Messi won it this most recent time. It was. It was also sickening when they canceled it during Lewandowski's uh, like win. Yeah, but like, yeah. he won that. He he won that one, but yeah. they just canceled it. Yeah, um, but I mean, 
of it. To, like, you're right; those three guys have great seasons, but I, I think, I think, I think, I think I, I give it to Benzema. I, I, I don't think you can really give it to Mbappe, and I do think that's partly why he is and will and needs to leave PSG. Uh, but I can see just from like a stats perspective, I can see voters giving it to Lewandowski, especially because. They should feel guilty for canceling it during his year that he that he deserved it above everybody. Sure. So uh, Benzema. Plus the French media, the French media hate Benzema. Well, because he's Algerian, because because according to them, he's really Algerian. <laughs> um. So that sets up my nightmare scenario of Real Madrid and Liverpool on a collision course in the Champions League final, which like what when when is that because you know the first semifinal. Man City, Real Madrid, which we we're all we're all been excited for. We got the popcorn out. Second semifinal, Liverpool, Villarreal. But if Liverpool and Man City meet in the Champions League final, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I watch? Do I not watch? I'm gonna watch. Do you like do you like? Do you kind of hate watch like it's punishment to yourself? I mean, I hate watch. What Manu has thirty eight league games a year, so I hate watch thirty eight times a year as it is. What's one fucking more? Um. I'm not ready to entertain that yet until it's actually real. So I'm going to still live in a very, very deep denial. And I just want to dive into these games. I think let's dive into this, dive into this first semifinal game. And then I'm going to give my perspective on why you shouldn't have to accept that fate yet. Manchester City, Real Madrid. Don Carlo versus Pep Guardiola. Kareem the Pen- old guard against the new guard. Like... That's yeah. not new, but old, like... old money versus new money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Instant classic. Literally, one of the best games of the year, maybe the best game of the year. Instant classic. I mean, and like, it's interesting because 12 minutes in, it didn't feel like this was going to be a classic. It felt like it was going to be a fucking rout. Yeah. City go up 2-0 in 12 minutes. By the 30th minute mark, it could have been... Um... Could have been, been four zero, yeah. and of course, who else? Who else? King fucking Kong. Enter Benzema. He makes it two one, and we go to halftime two one. Okay, we have a game. We have a game. So then, second half starts. What happens? City start on the front foot. A fail to score, like, an obvious, like, should have scored opportunity. And then, I think, three, four minutes later, uh, Foden slots went home. Foden slots went home. 3-1. Okay. Now it looks like Gooby, Gooby, running... Gooby, Gooby! <laughs> it looks like it's running away. But then, your Gooby play happens. <laughs> Vinicius absolutely just removes Fernandinho's soul from his body. <laughs> It was like in Mortal Kombat when uh, when Shao Kahn uh, just rips our boy uh, Kung Lao's uh, soul from his face. Yes. Yeah. It's exactly like that. <laughs> Actually. In fact, what happened to Fernandinho might be more graphic in some circles. Um, if, if for some reason you listen to this podcast and you have not seen this goal... Honestly, you need to go look up both Gooby moments. You need to yeah. look up the, the intergold because it's just comical. Uh, you need to look up this moment because it is simultaneously so 
like sexy and embarrassing just depending on the perspective that you look at it from. Yeah. And then, okay, it's back to a one-goal game. Then Bernardo Silva makes it 4-2 for City. And then you're like, uh, two... And, you know, you said it best. You said it best at 4-2. You said... What'd you say? Say it. Say it again. Uh, when it was 4-2, I said, if Real can get out of this this this, this game one goal down going back to the, the Bernabeu, I feel like with Benzema, they've got a shot. Yeah. And you, what do you know? You have a... Uh, a head deflection onto the arm. In onto the a, a, a very, very outstretched arm with that, honestly, probably that arm took the ball from falling into the path of a Real Madrid runner. Had to be called. Yep. Penalty gets called. Of course, Karim Benzema steps up. Now, just a few days ago in a league match, Karim Benzema missed two penalties in one game. What does he do? The cheekiest Panaka down the middle. I mean, just, just showing, showing balls the size of Pep's head, <laughs> and it's and the game ends four three. But holy fuck, what a game it was! And you're right, going back to the Bernabeu, down just one with one Benzema, you got a chance. I, I, and they should hopefully have Casemiro back as well. Like they can, I think a lot of their problems in those first thirty minutes, I, I would trace back to having to put Cruz in that center mid spot uh, and, and asking him to do a little bit more of controlling the game defensively. He's way more important and useful in, in you know connecting things offensively. Um, also, I did want to. I did want to shout out the ref in general. I thought he called a, a really solid game. Yeah, I uh, completely that, agree. That Bernardo goal, which was a banger, uh, like lashed it in to the the high spot short corner. Uh, but there was a foul. There was a, a a foul that that did occur on the edge of the box, and the ball fell right to Bernardo, still in the edge of the box. So the ref did not uh, blow blow play because. He spotted advantage, and this was, I thought, a textbook case of, of, of advantage. Bernardo, now if Bernardo, it was a tough shot, and he could have easily blasted it wide over, and like City would have wanted the free kick, but he took the, the ball, he whipped it in, and also Militao stopped playing, thinking, seeing the foul, thinking that... Always was, play the whistle. Yeah. It was, it was like, oh, that is a foul, so the play is going to stop. He stops. Bernardo doesn't stop. He's now screening his keeper, but not blocking the shot. And it was just, I thought, uh, a, a really well, well-run, officiated play, but also great technical skill by Bernardo Silva, who we haven't been talking about nearly as much uh, second half of the season as we were like last season or, or the first half of the season. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why more refs don't just give it a few seconds before blowing the whistle because it's like you, you don't always know. blow it. Yeah. You can always bring it back. But once you blow it, you can't undo blowing it. No, that actually... Once uh, it's blown, it's blown. That cost Milan a goal in, in a game against a, a team earlier this season, which, like, that point might be critical, right? Yeah. So, that... I am so hyped for the second leg of that. Uh, I am very, Next, very, Wednesday. very, 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 very nervous because Pep has a pretty good record of the burner power. Now, granted, it was really more Messi and Xavi and Iniesta carrying Pep, but he had one of the best teams of all time. 
He didn't build the team. He was gifted it. He's bald. He's a fraud. But I'm still worried. Also, we know like Pep's not going to, you know, Pep, Pep will try to dominate possession, but he's not going to park the bus, right? No. Pep so, doesn't even, Pep doesn't even understand what that phrase means. No. Well, he does because he, he bitches about it anytime. He, he, he claims that it's not, that teams don't play soccer against his team. So, like, he doesn't know what it means because Pep, he's But like, Pep hasn't ridden the bus in 30 years. Oh, God, yeah. Um, he won't even look at a bus. <laughs> disgusted by the bus. Yeah. But, I, I, like, so he's not going to set up super defensively or anything. So that, I think, gives Real a, a great chance. You know, Carlo, I don't care anybody says, Carlo's still got some of the magic. Um, oh, yeah, dude, he's got and, it. He's, and, and he's always been a better Champions League manager than, like, he was, than like a league manager. Uh, so, yeah. So I, 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 I think, I think Real are going to come out on top of this tie. Now, if they, if they get, if if City score the first goal, then you've got a tall fucking order. Yeah, but dude, remember the PSG game where PSG were basically like cleared away at halftime, and Benzema was like, "LOL, watch me score a hat trick." I, I, I think. They got Benzema, and if Casemiro can get back into that starting eleven, huge, huge for them to help disrupt what City does. Yes. So, I have a stat for you. This season against PSG, Chelsea, and Manchester City, three of the four finalists in the last two Champions League finals. Is that five games played? Five games played. Nine goals for Karim Benzema. I mean, nine goals against some of the best teams in the world. So you said PSG, so that's scoring against Donnarumma, which is like not that hard to do. You're a uh, champion, Donnarumma. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're. You said Chelsea, Edward Mendy, who's been one of the most informed keepers of the last two seasons, and uh, who was the last team? Ederson, who is a better ball player than he is keeper, but he's a pretty solid keeper. Yeah. That's but that's still three of what the top eight goalies in the in the world. Three of the top six teams in the world? Seven teams in the world? Yeah. Unreal. Okay. Unai Emery, you got fucking unlucky in this one. We're talking Liverpool, Villarreal. Why doesn't your keeper catch the ball, man? Jordan (laughs) hit... Okay. Okay. So, all is going according to plan. First half, 0-0... Pretty, pretty good stuff from Villarreal. Uh, const, constant pressure from Liverpool, right? I yep. think going to the half, both fan bases were probably like, this is exactly how we wanted that to play out. Liverpool were being frustrated by Villarreal's defensive structure and setup. Villarreal had a couple cha- like runs through the channel that could have been something but never developed into anything. So like, Liverpool were never under threat. Uh, they had some solid opportunities, just they couldn't get the right shot or pass at the final step. So, but yeah, 0-0. Zero, zero, one team frustrated, the other team no real prospects of scoring. Yeah. And you just thought if Villarreal could keep this 0-0, then fuck, they, ha- they could take it back to Spain. And maybe work- Emery can just, you know, get into his cauldron and mix his potion and do his fucked up cup magic. And fucking Jordan Henderson sends in a cross. And, of course, Purvis Estupanon... The left back, who got wrongly awarded his own goal, in my opinion. I actually think Villarreal's goalie should have gotten. I think the goal. keeper. I think the keeper is responsible because he's I the agree, last. But the last one to pop it in, too. He deflects the cross, which is like he did the right thing. 
Yeah, he 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 played he played the play. The ball takes an unfortunate direction towards Ruli, the Villarreal keeper. And in an arguable goopy of the <laughs> goopy of the week play, he just kind of flaps, kind of flaps at it, and just slaps it into their own net. And as like, soon as go ahead, he just like catches it with like his 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 pinky and ring finger, basically. Just just in a not a whiff, but basically a whiff. Right. And as soon as the first one get went in, you knew Liverpool would get a second, and they didn't like two minutes. Yeah, I I was I was texting our little group text. You know, not 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 similar, like different to the Real game where I thought going back home one down one, I like Real to advance. I was just saying if the Real can make it out of this out of Anfield down one, they're like in an okay place. Still, head would be heavy underdogs, but in an okay place. And as I like fucking hit sin, they scored. It was so funny. Uh, this ties over. Yeah. It doesn't matter what Unai Emery can conjure out of his anus. This is over. I mean, yeah, they would need... They, they would, would need, need to, to... They would need to go 2-0 against Liverpool, have a two-goal win, and then beat them in penalties. That's the only... I could not see them be, beating Liverpool by three, and I can't see and, them beating Liverpool by two. They would, they, would, they would need to score their first goal in the first 25 minutes. Yeah. And if they don't, like, they're not getting two. And, yeah. So... My uh, my ever living nightmare is becoming more and more of a reality. Just, you're just all in all in on Real, but which isn't hard for you. You're a Benz boy. I am a Benz boy. I'm an, I am an OG. You know what? I, I'm actually disgusted now by all these people coming out of the woodworks. It's like imagine having been a fan of the Beatles, like when they did their fourth show in in front of twenty people. I'm one of those twenty people. I've loved Benzema. And when, when everyone was saying horrible, horrible things about him that are untrue and unfound, I stood by him every step <laughs> of the way. Because they're unfound doesn't mean they're untrue. <laughs> I have stood by this man every step of the way. And now the rest of you have finally joined the party. Well, better late than never. <laughs> Should we uh? Should we talk about let's, some uh, uh, league, some the, league action? Yeah, yeah. I don't even know, Donnie, if we have, we don't even really have to go over all the leagues. Well, no, but definitely one we have to go over is Syria. It's the Premier League. Oh wait, what? <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, we have to talk about Syria. Have you found say, my have you, have you found my edit to the uh to the outline yet? Did you you took out? Yeah, I saw what you took out. <laughs> Syria, February fifth, two thousand and two. <laughs> Let's rewind the clocks a little bit here. Wind the clocks back a year. There's really just a handful of months. Milan Derby. AC Milan wins. We lost the Milan, the Milan Derby. Not the one February 5th. No, not the one February 5th. That's the one I'm fucking talking about. <laughs> I don't care about your Copa Italia. I'm just trying to throw you off a little bit. <laughs> and I text you. We have a title race. And you do what you do. You moan and you groan. What do I do? And you cry. And you, <laughs> and you reject reality. And you play all these little games and you're still playing them now. And you, and you just twist yourself into a Gordian knot of your own bullshit at me. But I maintain we have a title race. 
in the 12 games since then, Inter Milan has won six, drawn four, lost two, dropped, let's see here, six, carried eight. So you said they've won what? Six, drawn four, lost two, so six, four, two? Six, four, two. So they've dropped points in 50% of their games since I made that statement, and they've dropped 14 points total. That's a lot of points, man. And now, as we sit here today with four games left, Milan are two points ahead of Inter Milan. Now, Milan's been ahead before, but you've always, of course, went into your little bag of tricks, and you've groaned about the game in hand. Well, the game in hand was today, my friend, against lowly, lowly motherfucking beef bologna. <laughs> That's a great nickname for them. Well, I'm just trying to. I'm trying to look. What, what, what what's Milan's uh, record? Okay, so I see February fifth uh, is the Inter game. So in our games since then, we have one, two. Just league, just league. I'm looking at league games. They've got one, two, three, four, four draws, same as Inter. Yeah, four draws, same as Inter. Eight wins? Undefeated in the league since I said that? <laughs> You're fucking me. <laughs> I am a living god. <laughs> I regret bringing... I gotta look for this again one more time. <laughs> this is what he does, everyone. If you guys want to know what this is, what it's been like for months, I've been saying it's a title race, a fact. He has been trying to find every reason... Defining, defining a race is so subjective, you cannot call that a fact. Just because one person wins a race and seven lose doesn't make it less of a race. So, so the, the Bundesliga has a title race. No, it doesn't. Had a title race until they just clinched it. The Bundesliga didn't have a title race in August! But you just said that, like, you know... No, I'll be honest, I wasn't listening when you were talking. <laughs> in my opinion, soccer, title races, there is a legitimate chance at more than one team winning the title. <laughs> I don't know if that's even, even true yet. I don't know. I don't know if Milan can win the title. Milan has the tiebreaker over Inter. Uh-huh. They're up two points. There's no more games in hand. That's fucking fine. I was waiting for this day. Eric, I knew in my bones that Inter were going to fuck. I didn't think it would be a loss. I thought it would be a draw, to be fair to me. Well, well to, to be fair, it should have been a draw. Like, like that, should, <laughs> that, that second goal should not have happened, so it should have been 1-1. My saying is this. Since that Milan derby, since my proclamation, Milan <laughs> literally undefeated. That can't be right. <laughs> Um, Inter dropped 14 points. <laughs> show, show me the loss. I can't find it. Here, I know it's here somewhere. <laughs> and here we are. Now, Eric's, of course, recent um, spin on things is talking about, well, the teams we have to play are so much harder than the teams they have to play. And that may be true. But it doesn't matter. The teams we are playing are fighting for Europa League uh, qualification. And for like teams like Atalanta, Lazio, uh, that, that is you know European uh, 
qualification is expected. And then for the other teams, like Hellas Verona, that's a big fucking opportunity for their club that they don't normally get. And Sassuolo, like, so like, there's, they have a lot to play for, whereas Inter have it split. They've got two teams that have literally nothing to play for, and then they have two teams that are fighting against relegation. So like, you know, I think, I think our, our four games are tough. They've got two tough games. Right. But it doesn't matter. Okay, and but we should we should get to we should. Let, let's, this is what he does. This is what he does. He just no, he Donnie, just Donnie, you're gonna, want, you're, gonna want, you're gonna want me to, to say this next part. The the reason you know if, if if our weekly superlatives were competition, which they're not, the reason Donnie won this week is because his Gooby of the week. Not only was it the goobiest possible goal. So but bad. the Inter losing to Bologna instead of tying to Bologna now means that instead of having to win out, Milan, Milan, instead of needing four wins, need three wins and a draw. And they would still finish above Inter if Inter win all four of their games. That that extra point that Inter dropped uh, gives Milan a little bit more breathing room than they would have if it had just been a draw today. And that that is huge. Now, a couple more things I'd like to add, if that's okay with you. If we have to, if you must. This is why I was giving you... This is why I was being uh, unusually mean to you and Manchester United earlier, because I knew what where this segment was going. Manchester United is unusually mean to itself. It's <laughs> fair. You know... In a way, since Sir Alex retired, I feel like there have been a lot of similarities between Manu and Milan. We've even like we've actually discussed this like in previous seat like last season there were so many similarities like their position on the table to like a, a you know a, a big rival ahead of like a lot of uh, cycling through managers also going through former legend uh, players as managers. There's just been a lot. And poor, poor management, poor ownership of the club. No matter what, how this ends out for Milan, that cycle is no longer the same. And I'm happy for you, man. I don't want you to be... I Because I can say I know what it's been... Because of those similarities, I you and I can look at each other in your eyes and say, I know how you felt the last almost 10 years. I never wanted Did this you, for you. But you're... <laughs> okay, Alfred. <laughs> it's only painful. It's fucking miserable. So what I'm saying is, no matter what happens this season... So even if we don't win the title. Even if you guys don't win the title, right? The fact that with four games to go, you guys had your destiny in your own hands to win the title, and Manny's going to finish seventh... No matter what, I am happy that you guys you guys have taken the next step. You legitimately have. You have a fantastic manager. You have great young players. And I am genuinely so happy for you. Because I don't want anyone to feel the way I feel, except for people who like Liverpool. <laughs> and second thing. Second thing. I think something that's important to how all this shakes down... Is that Copa Italia? I didn't care about the Copa Italia before, but now here's why I bring it back in. 
that's a chance at a trophy for Inter against yeah. Juventus, and Nets are going to field a strong team. And that's one more game in the same <laughs> amount of time that they're going to uh, have to play. And that so, does matter. To, to back you up there as well, Inter just played midweek. And they're going on Sunday to play at Udinese. Udinese are one of those mid-table, nothing to play for teams. But um, they are... They are never fun to play against, especially at Udinese. They are just a fucking like, they are just a thorn in your side the entire time, um, and so they're going there on short rest while Udinese's had a full week to prepare. So yeah, there's this, and then the Coppa Italia final will be uh, midweek as well, and then Inter will have a game after that. So you do have a point, right? It, it's not just. Like, like, strength of schedule is not just the where your opponents sit on the table. Um, but I do, th- I do think it is not ridiculous to say Inter are the more talented team. They are the more talented team. Bro, you're talking about the team where Parasic just almost threw the ball into his own goal on the <laughs> You know, you know, you've got a point there. I mean, even, we're talking about that team, right? Even still, Inter are the most talented team in Italy. I don't know, man. I mean, Milan have yet to play well with our own destiny under under our control. The championship teams always get the results when they're not playing well. They know how to they win games when they're not at their best. That's what all champion across every sport. That's what championship teams do. But I'll leave. I'll say one last thing, and then you say one last thing, and we can be done. I'm betting on one man. The king of the bald manager power rankings, Pioli. Because right now, and I guarantee you he's thinking this thought. He's on the precipice of actually getting renowned respect for what a good fucking coach he is. And not just, you know, the handful of people who watch Syria, me and you. Mm-hmm. To getting global respect. He, he his, was also- this, his legacy... He may never, this may be as good as it gets for him right now, this moment. In a way, his legacy, his stature, and no matter who says they don't care about that kind of shit, they all care about that kind of shit. That is what it is to be a soccer manager. And I'm backing on him to realize that, like, this accomplishment, bringing Milan back to even what he's done now, in my opinion, is so worthy of praise. But if he takes that next step further in these last four games... I think that is just such an incredible achievement, and I and I I just I'm betting on that guy to be thinking about that, having that drive. The players knowing the same thing. Zlatan maybe being able to retire. Honestly, that would be that, that's what what all parties need. We need that wage bill for players that can spend more than ten games uh, contributing. And then the the guys like Frank Kessier who are fucking off. Well, you know, fuck off. What, what you're leaving to start is something beautiful. Guys like Teo Hernandez, who are staying committed, are being part of something beautiful. I just there's but there's, there's two kinds of leaving. There's there's Kessier who's going to Barcelona to basically fuck off, and he's he's been checked out for half of the games mentally. Um, the other half he's played okay to occasionally good, but like I'm done with him. But then there's Alessio Romagnoli, Romagnoli, who like the team is moving on from him. Uh, our captain during the banter era when like. Pep was interested, when teams were interested, and he shut them down to stay as the captain of Milan. 
he won't be here next year. I would – there is nothing more that I would want than to be able to send him out with a trophy for Milan. Yeah. Second second to that is I would love our vice captain this year, who's, who's captain most of the games because Romioli hasn't been a starter lately, is Calabria, uh, a youth academy product. would be cool for him to also vice captain the team. And then the third, like if I let myself dream, the third most gratifying thing possible would be that in the offseason, Chalanoglu left Milan to go to reigning champions enter. And if the Milan team could win the title and Chalanoglu could not win the title, it would just be incredible because in like social media, guys like Leao and Salamakers have been trolling uh, Chalanoglu indirectly the entire season. And I just would love to see whatever antics they could get up to that. And on top of all that, man, you have this great club. And you know me. I, I, I will, the history of the game, I love. I, I consider myself a historian of the game. I love the history of the game. AC Milan is so rich with history and tradition. It's just, if you're a neutral, that's the story you want, man. AC Milan, back on top. You know, who knows how these next four games are going to shake out, but I just want to say that uh, no matter what, Congratulations on taking the next step. I refuse to accept those congratulations, you dirty, rotten bastard. I see what you're doing here. And now we dive to the pits of my misery. (laughs) The English Premier League. Well, it is tight like a tiger as City and Liverpool couldn't be any other two fucking teams. Separated by one point, they had a pretty thrilling 2-2 draw recently, which you got to feel like not expanding the gap to four was a big win for Liverpool. Yeah. Because since what? Since January, City have given up a lot of space, like a lot a lot of, 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 of that lead. So, you know, obviously City still do have the one the one point lead, but... If, if one of those two teams needed a little bit more breathing room, I think it's City. Yeah. Yeah. So that is a toss-up. Chelsea are just going to finish third. Yeah. It's, it's I mean, like, it's mathematically not sure, but, like, it's pretty sure. Unless they just goobied the rest of the season. Um, they did have a thrilling match where Arsenal hit them 4-2. Nikitia had a brace. Our, our, uh, Arsenal, who were reeling off of, what, three straight defeats? Two straight defeats? Arsenal came into Stamford Bridge in a pretty poor run of form. Well, not that bad because they just beat Man U like the week or two prior. I thought the Man U game was after the Chelsea game. Uh, watched, yeah, 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 yeah. I got my order. Yeah, you're right. They, they, yeah. they had dropped points in a couple. Just They ah. dropped, dropped points in three straight games, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right, you're right. Um, and that was an absolutely exciting match. Chelsea's defense, just I don't know what they were doing. But here's what's exciting. Just as it's exciting between City and Liverpool at one point, Arsenal-Tottenham are separated by two. Arsenal with the two. With uh-huh. a North London derby in hand. And and Tottenham owned the goal differential uh, lead, but only by six. So that's also in play. Obviously with two-point gap, like it's, you know, it's not guaranteed that a tie, that a points tie is in play, but a win and a draw, you know, regardless of how the North London Derby plays out, can then put a, a, a tie in here. So it it is not just possible that 
that comes down to the wire, but that it could be a tiebreaker uh, situation, which just seems so fitting for those two clubs that hate each other so, so much. And also, like, neither team is... Each team is inviting the other team to kind of take the grasp securely of that fourth-place spot. They're inviting them to become a star, and neither team is, is, is taking up on that. And then where does that leave me? Speaking, speaking of... You know, many months ago, I said Manny had no chance at fourth. And I was right. I usually am. We can say what we want about me. I get, I get these nasty accusations at me of RK and this and that. But it's at some point, you all have to accept that it's not RK. I'm just right. For those that know, RK is, is short for reverse karma. Yeah. It's not that Man U, I thought Man U, like it wasn't possible for them to finish fourth place. Oh, fourth was very possible. I just knew that they wouldn't do it. And here's why. Let's uh, take a gander at their game since we last potted. 1-1 draw to Leicester City, a team we for some reason cannot beat in the last few years. Drop points to them all the time. And this is, this is their worst team of the last four years, Leicester. Speaking of worst team in the last four years, we lose to Everton 1-0 and Frank Tank Lampard. If Everton stay up, it's going to be because of this, that, that United result. You're welcome. Um, Norwich, we only beat because Cristiano Ronaldo scored a hat-trick. By the way, um, the only two, our most recent two Premier League wins are because Cristiano Ronaldo scored a hat-trick. So again, just those of you who's like, you know, Ronaldo's bad for Man United... Gooby, please. Number one. Number two, you know how hard it is to be 37 years old in the Premier League and score two hat-tricks? I mean, personally, no, I don't know how hard that is. I have got to say, I have been pretty impressed with what Ronaldo's still been able to do in, in this league. In this Especially league. In this league with this team. You know, the, the, the United team he left was a much better team than the one he came back to. The one he left that made back-to-back Champions League finals. Yeah. Top 15 team of all time, probably. Mm. I'll need to see a better show on that one. Um, and then, of course, embarrassed by Liverpool 4-0, but very classy for them to applaud at the seventh-minute mark in support of Ronaldo and Georgina. That was very classy. Uh, destroyed by Arsenal 3-1, the one only because of Cristiano Ronaldo. Thank you very much. But let's just assume that Liverpool still destroy us and Arsenal still destroys, right? Let's just focus on Leicester City and Everton. If we just won those games, those are conceivably winnable games, my friend. We'd be one point out of fourth place. Yeah. So it's not the fact that Liverpool beat us a combined 9-0 this season. Fuck, that hurts to say out loud. Not great. It's not the fact that I know we're not going to beat Man City, that we're going to struggle against Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, even though we did the double against Tottenham, and they're going to still finish ahead of us. It's the Evertons. It's the Leicester Cities. It's the inexplicable dropping of points. It's a team that has clearly checked out 
It is a manager who I pray to God is a better director than he is a coach. It's just, I, I am honestly just ready for this season to be over. I'm ready for the airtime Hagera. I don't want to talk about the Premier League anymore. Can we talk about the Premier League for a few more minutes? We can. I still don't want to, but we can. I want to. I want to throw some time and attention to the relegation battle. Oh yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. Let's dive in. So soon enough, Manny will be there. So Watford and Norwich are at twenty-two and twenty-one points, with eighteenth place at twenty-nine points. So we can wave goodbye to those two. Bye. Where I really want to pull our focus today is eighteen, seventeen, and sixteen fighting to avoid 18th place. In order from 16th to 18th, we have Jesse Marsh's Leeds United. Safe. The post-Sean Dyche-led Burnley team. Going down. And an 18th place with a game in hand, Everton. Frank the Tank keeps them up. Talk about, like... The fact that Ever- Everton, who haven't gone down since the 50s, who have history in being like a relevant club, not really in our time, but but still. In somebody's time. Everton, so Everton have a game in hand. They are two points behind Burnley, and they are five points behind Leeds. Burnley are, of these three teams, Burnley are in the best form. I know, I know Jesse Marsh has done incredible stuff, uh, but I think he's gotten, what, two draws in his last two games. Burnley's gotten two wins in the last two games. Uh, Leeds have a couple tough teams that they have to play. Jesse Marsh and Leeds are no, by no means safe yet. I do share your confidence, Donnie, in that they're going to stay up. Um, although they have far and away the worst goal difference of the three teams in here. Safe. I, I agree they're safe. I, I'm just looking at how they're playing and the fact that Burnley have been in this kind of relegation mud fight before I trust their know-how and experience I think Burnley's staying up I it brings me no joy to say this but I do think Everton are going down this season it kind of is funny because it's Frank Lampard leading the team so from that <laughs> perspective it's funny um yeah I mean I think Leeds are safe and then it's just one of Everton or Burnley and it, it's a toss-up and I don't know if Everton are a well enough run club that it's a guarantee they'd come back up next season no, but you know who will be back next season? Fulham and Jedi Robinson, baby. Boom. America's left back. The championships left back. Soon to be the Premier League's left back. Honestly, Donald, I don't think we need to cover the other leagues, do you? Um, just in passing, <laughs> Uber Eats League, surprise, PSG won in a 1-1 oh, yeah. tie. They're going uh, to fire the box. Messi did absolutely rip one to get the win. His fourth league goal of the season in the sixth sixth best league in Europe. Um, they're also going to fire Poch. <laughs> so funny because it's PSG. But hey, Poch finally is going to win something. That's nice. He's finally won something. Good for him. Does it count? I mean, like, technically. Dude, the league is called Uber Eats. Maybe he gets a free coupon. Fuck, dude. He deserves a free coupon. Bundesliga. Bayern are going to win. Opportun- they, they clinched. Yeah. Bayern clinched. Opportunities. That's how checked out of the Bundesliga I am. Opportunities were there for Dortmund. They never seized them. 
They have no defense. And they just got it. They just kind of got embarrassed in the Dirt Classic. Um, and then Real, Real will clinch by the time we pot next. Yes. Um, Barcelona will be second. Sevilla probably third. Athletic Madrid fourth. Real Batiste had a hell of a fucking season, dude. Like, it, if I'm looking at these, all these leagues, they really overperformed more than I think anyone else in the top leagues. And, oh, absolutely. And they had a hell of a season. And, um... And they'll be in Europe. And they'll be in Europe. Europa League, so, unfortunately, Man U will be in the Conference League, so we won't see them there. But, um... Anyway. Hell of a show, bud. It's been fun. I'm going to have to cut all the stuff about Syria before we upload. But yeah, okay. Um, you know, as usual, if you would like to uh, follow us on Twitter, at um, OwnGoalPod. Uh, you know what? Elon Musk bought Twitter for like $45 billion, and it would have taken five to buy Man <laughs> Do you want Elon Musk buying Man United? That can't. That is actually one of the few options that that might not be better than Glazers, and I I mean that. Uh, I don't really like. Okay, <laughs> slight tangent here. I don't. I think pretty much I'm at the point where like anybody who like hasn't like murdered people for their money <laughs> is better than the Glazers. Elon Musk has clearly become this very decisive person and polarizing person, more so recently. Hold on. He's very polarizing, right? People say, yeah, I yeah. love him or hate him. I just don't give a fuck. Like, he, mean, is just, he is just beyond, like, like I don't know. I think our society has a bit of an obsession with billionaires. And they're just so beyond me. I will never be one of them. They are beings that I truly will never comprehend. <laughs> so, like, honestly, I just don't give a fuck. I don't even mean it in terms of like the divisiveness of, of Elon Musk. I mean like I don't know if that's a positive direction for United from an ownership perspective. Like I get you're at a point where you're like anybody but the Glazers who's like not murdering people. Like I, I understand that. But like there's a possibility that he just turns – if Elon Musk bought a club, I honestly believe his goal is to turn it into a meme club. Bro, Harry Maguire's our captain. We're already a fucking meme club. No matter what you say, it can't be any worse than what I'm living. I'm afraid if we don't end it here, we're gonna we're gonna run for another two hours. Yeah, okay, we're done. You know our socials at this point. If you don't fucking type in own goal pod in whatever platform you want, and if we're on that platform, you'll find it. We're not on Snapchat, so if you're sending dick pics to own goal pod snap account, I don't know what to tell you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> it's in, it's an goal. It's a gift. Oh, he's almost done well to get that in because he's ahead of the near post. It's almost behind him. Sticks his left leg out. It almost hits his heel. And goes straight into the bottom of the corner. Bottom corner of the net. Gets ahead of the ball. It's the inside of his car. Got no chance to the keeper.